We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Hot. I'm Bladen Kirk, joined as always by my two favorite co-hosts of all time, Matthew Sponauer and Theo Ash. We are back in the Blue Wire studio for the last time for a minute. Uh, we're leaving Vegas today. It is a relatively early recording for us, but we're going to talk about the run of quarterbacks in day two of the NFL draft. We're going to talk about some teams that we felt like kind of, you know, vaulted themselves into winners. Maybe some teams that took a step back and really didn't do so well in day two of the NFL draft. But before we get into that, Matt, Theo, how are you doing on this morning? Pretty good. It's our last day in, in Vegas. Like you said, we cleared out the Airbnb. Um, I didn't leave too much behind as a serial <laughs> loser of objects. Except for your ID. Except for my <laughs> yeah. driver's Theo, license. Theo lost. If anybody out there was at FanFest um, on day one of the draft, because I know there's a couple Stay Hot fans that we saw. Uh, if anybody out there found my driver's license, Please return that to me as soon as possible. This is this is the weird age demographic we have at Stay Hot. We have Theo, who is a 21-year-old that lost his ID, so can't order drinks. Matt, who is 20, can't order drinks. And me, who is 21 and actually has his ID. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's tough. It's a tough place to lose your ID, Las it Vegas. Is. It is. is. Like, it, you know, if you lose it in, you know, Northfield, Minnesota, <laughs> right. you know, it's whatever. Vegas, there's a couple of things you might want to do that you can't do if you're 20 or no. of a mystery age <laughs> mystery, as I am right mystery now. Mystery age. It is what it is, though. You know, I I had a good time, though, That's even good. without the idea. I'm glad, I'm glad you had a good time. Just a reminder, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, we've had lots of content going up there, you know, from, you know, the shorts and all the live streams we've done, and, you know, of course, the podcast. So make sure you're subscribing for all that content as well. But let's talk about some football. Let's talk about the run of quarterbacks. Kenny Pickett obviously went in the first round, and then the next quarterback off the board was, was it Ritter or was it? Next was Ritter. Ritter then to it the was Falcons. Malik then Willis, Willis, and then it was Matt Corral. Matt Corral. And we have not had a quarterback since then. No Howell. No, <laughs> no Howell and no Carson Strong. No Carson No Carson Strong. It's well, very sad. Yeah. I mean, Howell, <laughs> it's not shocking, really. It's really not. His sack rate was north of 13% last year. Yeah. He doesn't throw with anticipation, and he has a terrible habit of double clutching and patting the ball 
before he throws, Man. so his release is extremely elongated. Who does that remind you of, Theo? <laughs> who's who's who? Have you, what jersey are you rocking right now? Rocking the Baker. Baker. We got the new. So no one wants Baker. No one wants Howell. The the market on jittery QBs with nice beards is, <laughs> is low right now. Yeah, but I fear. Looking at the quarterbacks, you know, a couple of them did go later than we thought. But and when you look at third round quarterbacks, I, I tweeted the history of them, and we've got like Mason Rudolph and and Russell Colt Wilson, McCoy, Colt McCoy, Super and Bowl winner Nick Foles. <laughs> we got two <laughs> quarterbacks that are kind of worth much. The the jury's out on Davis Mills, but I mean, in the past decade, the only third round quarterback that really gets you excited is is Russell Wilson, right? Um, the vast majority of them are, are career backups. But looking at these third-round quarterbacks, which one do you think landed in the best situation where you think they can maybe buck that trend and, and be a decent starter? Matt, two of these guys are kind of your guys, Ritter and Corral. Do you think either of those? Uh, I don't know. I guess my... Where do your allegiances lie? Desmond Ritter of the <laughs> Panthers. I mean, if I'm going to be unbiased, Ritter's got... A, a, a very incomplete team. And you could say the same thing about Corral, but... You can see the vision with the Panthers' offensive line going into this year. You can see, you know, they've got some weapons, and maybe if McCaffrey's healthy and okay, like I can sort of see they're not completely, you know, down on talent entirely. Um, but with with Ritter, it's like that's an incomplete wide receiver room. Even with Drake London, the offensive line is going to be rough. I don't know if he's going to start right away. Both those guys have the opportunity to. Um, but that might not even be the best things for them. So maybe Willis is the answer just because that team is the most competitive now and they're the best now. But I feel pretty good about Matt Corral. I do. I think that you couldn't go into the season just like saying, well, we're going to run it back with, with Darnold. That wasn't an option. So you go out and you don't overdraft someone at six, but you're able to get somebody who is reasonably athletic, good arm, can move, quick release in the third round, and I think if they give him the year and they figure out whether or not, you know, he's a guy who is, is you know, maybe bucking the trend of those third-round guys after a season, okay, you can roll with him. And if not, you didn't invest so much where you feel like you have to give him a second year. You have to not take a quarterback in a good quarterback draft class next year. So I'm pretty happy with that, and I think he's in a solid situation. I asked my Twitter um, this exact question, which QB landed in the best situation between Willis Corral, Pickett, and Ritter? 42% said Willis, and then 38% said Kenny Pickett. And that one blew my mind. I, I think of, like, the Steelers' offensive line, absolute joke. I think, well, there's something to be said for the Steelers being the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, Mike Tomlin and the culture they've instilled so. there, quite literally never having a losing record. And I think that that's, I think, the argument for Pickett is, like, I get that. He is going to go to the place that has proven time and time again that they can put forward a winning product. And, you know, the organization he goes to matters. Like, there are poverty organizations out there, and that doesn't mean that they're destined to be horrible forever and they can't luck into someone good, but they're just some that are run better. And, and the Steelers are consistently competitive. So I, I, I get the, the, the picket thing from, from that standpoint. I think... Ritter is honestly interesting. I actually really like the draft the Falcons had. I did too. Yeah. Um, London and Pitts to me are pretty, can be pretty dominant. I really do think that. Again, I've said it a billion times at this point about um, Drake London that I don't think that he is what 
like he got compared to Vincent Jackson immediately after the pick happened. I don't agree with that. I don't think he's going to be a prolific deep threat at the NFL level, but I do think he can be prolific in the short to intermediate range and really be dominant like that. Again, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, yeah. Cooper Cup. Keenan Allen, um, but yeah. like a slightly bigger. Like I think like that's the type of guy that he is. And then you've got Pitts, who might be even more of like a vertical threat. But like those two, like that one-two punch, I really like that. Ebiketti coming off the edge, I think yeah. will be their best pass rusher in quite some time. Um, and then Ritter with Arthur Smith. I mean, Ritter compared himself to Tannehill, which is a kind of a unique guy to compare yourself to. You know, usually you, you aim a little bit higher than that. But, you know, he's like, that's someone I think I can, that's a reasonable like guy I look at and say, I see a lot of myself in him. You know, where did Tannehill really break out? It was under Arthur Smith taking the job from Marcus Mariota. You've got Ritter in Atlanta. He's behind Marcus Mariota with Arthur Smith coaching him. He thinks he can be a Ryan Tannehill caliber guy. I tend to agree with that. I think that like that could be a fit that, that I, I saw it before the draft. I made a video about it. Like Desmond Ritter, Falcons, I like the marriage there. So I'm going to go with that. I, I think he's a good quarterback in a, in a system that I think will be able to utilize him in a similar way that, that Tannehill became, went from like a, a bust to a, to a productive starter. I, I do love your <clears throat> constant comparison of Drake London to Cooper Cup. <laughs> oh, because, because the first time, the first time I watched uh, Drake London, I, I, I legitimately said he was a tight end. I'm like, yeah. cause I was watching his, like, I think it was his 2020 tape. And I'm like, this dude just lines up in the slot every play. Yeah. He's a power. Slot. And, and it's yeah. like, it was like, Oh, he, he was like struggling to get around. He'll struggle to get around guys. And instead of like just folding and getting locked down. Oh no, he just ran him over. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no wide receiver does that. No, 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 like outside wide receiver does that stuff. That's, yeah. They'll, they'll say he can't separate, but again, it's not the, it's the top end speed, which is why there's a, there's a play. He was running an out route and he caught it going, going right into the sideline. And most would just run into the sideline, but he was able to stop and turn up field. And it's like, that was a really athletic play from him and a really agile play from him. So yeah, he's, he's not, I think the fastest guy, I, he, I think he was kind of ducking the 40 because I do think it would have been a little bit slow. There was a report, someone tagged me in a report that he ran a four five. Yeah, he his trainer probably said that. Like, <laughs> oh, he didn't run, but he would have run in the the mid four point fives. I, I don't buy it. I think that's so, like someone tagged me. They're like, Bladen, you're faster than Drake London." <laughs> hey, I might maybe. be. But getting back to quarterbacks, I do agree with. I I do like the Malik Willis fit in Tennessee, man. I th I think the big thing is like, a lot of teams try to go out and get a bridge quarterback. I don't think that works. I don't think you can go get a guy who you're comfortable with starting and will just be good and you won't feel any pressure to play your rookie at all. Like, you already have to have that guy. So you see the Steelers, it's like, they have Trubisky. I don't trust him to play the full year, even though I think he will do better with the Steelers. Uh, the Panthers, Darnold, I don't think is going to be able to play a full year. And I think Marcus Mariota probably falls in that category too. So I think the advantage that Willis has is he's really behind someone in Tannehill who I think is good enough to get the full year and you'd be comfortable doing Tan that. Tannehill is a legitimate starter. He's not, I mean, he's been in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him go, we've seen him play well. We've seen, you know, I think the one thing Willis is going to have to learn, right? We watch Willis all the time. Theo, you've mentioned there's games where he looks literally undraftable. Willis is going to have to learn the game manager gene a little bit, right? Right. Where Plans, he, the play instructor. Yeah, it's gene. like, it's like he, he has that gamer trait, which is nice. 
you like guys that can just go out the, the you know the hyper athleticism, the ability to just make a play out of nothing. But when things are good, you don't have to make them bad. You don't have to make things harder on yourself. Right. And the thing about this is like we're talking about these guys like their their first round picks. You know, like oh, you know, usually a bridge quarterback, the the rookie takes over. But again, usually that rookie is a first round guy. Right. These guys mm-hmm. are legitimately like again, the Mason Rudolphs, the Colt McCoys, the the. Brissettes of the world. Like that's the third round guy. But again, it is a little bit different. These guys do have more hype than any other third round quarterback. And I think, and I think like, okay, Pickett, he will play. Yeah. Right. Like Willis, I guess that's true. Like maybe he's more of like a project and he's not going to necessarily start at some point, but Matt Corral, he will play. Yeah. You know, and then Ritter, I think maybe he's a toss. Maybe they really do go with Mario for the full year, but I don't know. So I think I think these guys have a better chance or better path to starting than your average third rounder. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're definitely right. Do you, we talk about Carson Strong and uh, Sam Howell as guys who have not gone yet? Do you see any fits for them at this point? Um, I mean, we're in round we're we're almost into round five at this point. In- yeah, I I don't really have any fits that really. Because at this point, it's a backup quarterback. Yeah. We're talking about I mean, like there's, there's maybe, what, Tampa? And everyone could use a backup quarterback, you know, with some yeah. starter potential. So I think outside of, like, the Green Bay Packers, who already have that in Jordan Love, every team could probably use Sam Howell as a backup, you know? No one really has a backup. And, and it may be a team that already drafted a quarterback. Outside of that, even if you have a, a quarterback you feel good about, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you know, and you want a good backup in case or a promising backup in case Josh Allen goes down. I could see Howell being a fit, even on the teams that have some of the best quarterbacks in football, just because at this point, it's it's a it's an insurance policy in case your guy goes down. So Chiefs, Bills, yeah. or a team that, you know, maybe he could contend for a starting job. I think everywhere is a fit. Everywhere. Well, you know what? We've enjoyed our time in Vegas, right? We have. You know what, you know what uh, I've enjoyed, though? I've enjoyed our good friends over at Trade Coffee. Do you want to know why? Because Trade Coffee, they send you this freshly, they send you these, these freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. Whether your friends you know, call you a coffee snob, Matt, I know you've been drinking a lot, your fair amount of coffee on this trip. Well, you know, when it just comes to, you know, coffee, you know, you, wanting, you want coffee to taste perfect, Trades, real coffee experts personally taste test over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. I mean, the truth is, you know, we all like different things. And personally, I'm not even a coffee drinker. My parents love coffee, though. So, like, my mom and dad have, like, wildly different tastes. Like, I sent my parents, uh, you know, three different packs my mom liked one, my dad liked another, but the third one they got, they both liked. So, I mean, that's, that's really, I think, the, the beauty in trade, trade Coffee. You know, you just answer a couple of questions, you'll get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered, fresh to you as often as you like, no gimmicks. Trade delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee. You know, you can get it whole beans or ground, however you brew it at home, and they'll guarantee you'll love it first. Lo- you'll love your first order, or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than 750,000 positive reviews. And right now, Trade, Co- Trade is offering 
New subscribers, a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash stay hot. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash stay hot. Let trade find a coffee for you that you will love. That's again, drinktrade.com slash stay hot for $30 off. You know, we're, we're talking about round two of the NFL draft. And in round one, I think we kind of agreed on like the Eagles and Giants and maybe the Jets as uh, kind of the winners, right, of, of, of round one. But in round two, I, I, I definitely think, A, the Eagles, or in day two, I think the Eagles still kind of propelled themselves as one of those teams. Do you see any other teams that really vaulted themselves as, as a major winner? I'm going to say maybe a sleeper team. I'm looking at their draft right now. I like what the Colts did. Um, I agree. You got you have a, t- a team like they didn't have a first round pick because of the Wentz trade, but Pierce to me is a good value pick in the second round. I liked a lot of things about Pierce. We interviewed him, a yeah. so I liked him as a as a person. <laughs> but just from the game film, I, I don't think the Jordy Nelson comps are are necessarily unfounded. I like the, his release off the line. I thought he was very advanced when he was asked to beat press man coverage and he could do it right away. And then once he stacks you, it's game over because he's six foot four with (laughs) 4.3 speed and a huge catch radius. Right. So him and Pittman to me are guys who can just dominate at the catch point and can do a lot of different things. And they don't have Matt Ryan at this point does not have the strongest arm in the world. So maybe, you know, a deep jet like Pierce won't be, utilized like maybe he should be on the Colts, but I don't know. I, I liked that pick him and Pierce and Jelani Woods, who they took with their next pick, who also was a freak athlete at the yeah, combine. Yeah. It's like, this was almost a playoff team with Wentz and a pretty bare cupboard of weapons outside of Jonathan Taylor last year. I mean, Pittman is nice, but now you've got a legit wide receiver too. I think you've got someone who could be a legit um, tight end, receiving threat, tight end up the seam. They took Bernard Ryman, who I didn't love, but at the third round, that's the value I gave him. I love his feet, um, and and I think that he's a pretty smart guy. And and he plays tackle. He's pretty new to the position, but he he, he plays tackle like he's been playing it for for a while. He he picks up stunts well. I think in the third round, that's good value. And then Nick Cross is an athletic safety, so I think they could have gotten a, a bunch of impact guys for not having a first round pick. And I think they upgraded at quarterback too. So this was a, a, a team that was a game away, a choked game away from the playoffs last year. And I think they got um, quite a bit better. And they've, I trust their coaching. And I think even in a loaded AFC, they might surprise and, and make the playoffs. So I like what the Colts did this offseason for sure. I think you can see the Pierce-Pittman matchup problems and then Woods the same way. Where yeah, just very athletic players who can, who can threaten smaller guys for yes. sure. If you have a small secondary, I mean, these are big athletic guys. That Even if you have a big secondary. You. I mean, you have three guys that are absolutely huge Yeah, that are probably going to – I mean, how many teams have – you know, multiple corners over six feet tall and a guy, and a, like a safety that is also big enough to cover tight ends the size of Jelani Woods. Yeah, those are, there's more, there's some day two classes that I liked even better than that, but they're kind of a sleeper one. I mean, the yeah. Chiefs with Leo Chanel is one of my favorites with Sky Moore and Leo Chanel, two guys I really like. Um, the Jets with Jeremy Ruckert right. and um, Max Mitchell, two guys I really like. Uh, but the, the Colts are 
Um, the Colts are an underrated one. You know, one team that I keep going back to, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Fuck the Baltimore Ravens, man. The Baltimore <laughs> Ravens always draft. The Baltimore Ravens always draft guys that I just love. I mean, every, I mean, every single time. Day two, they got David Ajabo, who, you know, is coming off the Achilles injury. But I, I, I mean, outside of, you know, Hutchinson, I think he might have the best hands in, the, in this class at edge. I don't know. I, it's like, I disagree with that one pretty strongly. I, I know. I know you will, Theo. But <laughs> the get, maybe the like second best get off after Toto. I could maybe see that. I don't know. He's got I, a good spin move though. He's got a wicked spin move. I I, I I just love like when I when I watch a lot of these guys that you know fall into the second and third round at edge. A lot of them aren't. They don't seem to have a plan, right? That seems to be the tendency with a lot of like late edge rushers. But yeah. David Ajabo absolutely has a plan. Every single time he rushes the passer, um, and I just absolutely love that. Uh, they got uh, Travis Jones, who I wanted the Browns to take. <laughs> they got uh, they obviously got you know the best player in the draft, in my opinion, in Kyle Hamilton in the first round, and then they took um, Daniel Filele. I can't. Filele, I think his name is out of Minnesota. That's like six foot. Which is nine. hilarious because he's just he's just Orlando Brown again. If you look at his size <laughs> and his test, remember how bad Orlando Brown's testing was? Like yeah. he ran like a five point right. four forty or something like that, and was just so horrible. Filele like did a worse job, <laughs> but like obviously Orlando Brown developed into a good starter for them. But this exactly. is literally just like Orlando Brown part two for the Baltimore yeah. Ravens here. I hate, I hate the Ravens, man. They always do what they always do. What I want the Browns to and do. J- Jalen Amore Davis, I think, is how you pronounce his name from Alabama. Really injury prone, but I thought he he kind of. If you look at his numbers, kind of locked everybody down in the SEC. And I watched his tape, and I was like, he big, flips his yeah. hips pretty well, stays on top of the route. I liked what what he did. I had a second round grade on him as well, and they got him in the fourth. Yeah. Um, oh. Our, our our guy uh, Hassan Haskins just went to the Titans. Oh hey, that'd be good. That will be good. I, I think off, that will uh, <laughs> take some pressure off Henry, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I really like what the Eagles did, um, which isn't exactly an unpopular opinion, but I, I think the commitment because they went Cam Jurgens at what fifty one. Mm-hmm. I think the commitment to investing in the offensive line before it's a need is what keeps their offensive line so good for so long. Because I think a lot of people like put any fan in that front office, they're going to Kobe Dean at 51. Right. And I respect the Eagles for being like, if we were going to still spend a high pick on a guy who's going to be like, you know, he's got a second round pick. He's not going to start day one. He's probably not going to start the whole first year. And I think that's a, a big reason why they're so good at developing you know, offensive linemen like that. But then for that to happen, because I know, you know, Dean was probably the other guy they're thinking of there. And then to swing around and get Dean still in the third. And I know the injury stuff has been really weird with him i've never heard of a guy like saying he's not injured and yeah people. and just the size i mean if you're undersized at the college level it's it's really small at the nfl level so you know frame does matter a lot to these teams and i think like yeah dean's injury um is a part of that but also just when you're that small it's tough to like think of a role where you can sort through the trash of of and that's what you have to do as a linebacker sort through the trash when it comes to you know, these the biggest, baddest right. athletes in the world. It is it is just tough to be undersized. And I think he can overcome it. I really do. But, you know, the, the fall didn't 
it surprised me, but also I do like get what the NFL is is looking for and how Dean might not might not be the like the the steal that ever like oh if if he's if guys fall that far, you know, if the NFL, if every team looks at it and passes it multiple times, sometimes there's just like a fatal flaw. And I don't, I like to think that he'll, he's going to overcome it because I loved his tape at Georgia, but there, I am a little bit wary. Like maybe it's, maybe he just, I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe. You know, I think we're all uh, big fans of the picks. Well, you guys no, Matt's actually the only one I think is a big fan of the te- picks that his team made. But you know what we're all fans of here? Prize picks. Our good friends over at Prize Picks, where they make daily fantasy e- easy because they offer more NBA props than any other DFS operator and offer every player in every stat category you can think of. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries. So, for example, you want to take the over on Jason Tatum, combine it with the under on Aaron Judge in the same entry, you can do that. And users that deposit and use our promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code STAYHOT. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code STAYHOT or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is where they make daily fantasy easy. And you know, And you know what else I love? What? Because I have three shirts. What? 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 I love Manscaped, man. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this dude, Theo, is out of it. He has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but listen, support for Stay Hot. We, we, we've been partnered with Manscaped for a minute now, and they really are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped performance package the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. You can join over 4 million men worldwide that trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STAYHOT at manscaped.com. And if my math is correct, and if Theo's math is correct, and if Matt's math is correct, they've double-checked me on this. That's about 8 million balls. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and I, I wouldn't lie to you when I say it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and hair, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. First of all, the lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the god tier, the future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer of all time, the Tom Brady of ball trimmers. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. And because this trimmer is waterproof, you know, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor and you thought that was good. But just wait, you want to take your grooming even further? You want to take it to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof because why wouldn't it be? And it provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. And trust me when I say this, fellas, I would not lie to you. Your balls will thank you. Just like the Cavs have thanked LeBron for bringing them a championship. 
Wow. <laughs> Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance packet 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. You know, it's really time to take care of yourself, men. So go over to manscaped.com, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code stay hot. Are there any teams, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're recording this in the morning, so there's, we're going to miss a lot of like round five, round six, round seven. But are there any teams that you think have like really underwhelmed in this draft? Yeah, I think um, one is, is Washington, the, the, the new commanders. I just can't really see them contending in even a weaker NFC at this point, just because, excuse me, I don't believe in Carson Wentz. I, I think that he is unreliable for sure. Um, maybe an upgrade over Heineke, but again, not like the quarterback. They didn't get any kind of long-term answer there. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't even take a shot at maybe threatening Wentz and trying to find someone right. better. Right. Instead, they go with Jahan Dotson, who I was not super high on. I, I don't think that he is big and physical enough to, to win against press coverage on the outside at the NFL level. I think he is kind of a slot-only guy. I mean, even people who are high on Dotson didn't quite have him going 16th overall, you know? So you've got these stories of him, you know, now I, I was watching the Suns game. I didn't think I'd go that high. And then their next pick was a defensive tackle where they might be the strongest um, being like, oh yeah, I thought I was going on day three or day four. Like they surprised even the prospects <laughs> by taking them this early. And they just have this infatuation for talent from Bama. And I think they kind of reached on two Bama guys in Brian Robinson and, and um, Perion, no, not Perion Winfrey. Oh, what's his name? Um, Mathis. Mathis. Yes, Fildarian Mathis. Yeah, I think I they kind of reached gonna, on some Bama guys. I don't think Jahan Dotson is a wide receiver worthy of that that thing. And just their offseason in general, Wentz, when they could have gotten Matt Ryan for less or they could have maybe gotten a longer-term answer there. I know that we're talking about these guys as mostly third-round picks, but still. They could have had Baker. I don't know, man. It it was not a great offseason from the Washington Commanders in my mind and also they're under surveillance from like the FBI or whatever that is, the, the U.S., you yeah. know, justice system looking at their <laughs> owner for like scamming them out of tickets. So that was also kind of a negative, uh, not, not a glowing off season for, for Washington. That's, that's kind of one that sticks out to me is like, man, I, I don't really think they got a whole lot better this off season when they had the opportunity to in a wide open division in a wide open. Right. NFC. Yeah. I really wasn't high on Brian Robinson um, as the running back pick there. And there's a lot of guys in this year's draft, but Robinson to me seemed a little bit more like just a guy out there. Like he was, he was solid, but I, I go watch a little bit of his tape and I struggle to see like where he's creating, you know, extra yards that I don't think, you know, another Bama level talent running back could get. Um, so that wasn't my favorite pick. You know, Matt, I think it would be not a stay hot episode if I didn't bring up the Cleveland Browns and even wearing a Jersey in honor of the, I think, worst draft we've had in quite some time it's <laughs> it's, it's very saying a lot for the browns it that does say a lot for the browns i mean this I mean, okay our first pick was set to be browns draft <laughs> 2014 <laughs> our first pick was at number 44 which we traded away to the texans um the browns then had their first pick ended up being in the third round at that pick we took a corner 
Now, I was looking, I was like, oh, we could have potentially had Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth went at 42, but they ended up taking a receiver and a defensive end. If they had wanted a receiver, the Browns at 44 could have just taken George Pickens. Or Alex Pierce. They or had Alec options Pierce. There. Or Alec Pierce. Or John Mechie, who is who the Texans took. Um, if the Browns had wanted, oh, I don't know, a defensive lineman, which I agree that's what they should have done, uh, Travis Jones was available. If they had wanted a linebacker, which is what they should have wanted, um, Leo Chanel was available. Uh, Nicobe Dean was available, which given Dean's smaller and maybe the Browns run defense is really what we're worried about here. Yeah. Dean and JOK on the field yeah. at the same time is you're Too getting small. pretty small. You're getting right. Pretty but small. like Chanel, Chanel right. would have been a good, like the Browns were, were set up in a position that they could have had Chanel and Travis Jones. We were talking about this in the car right they over could here. They traded down and done that. Yeah. And it's just like the fact that we, we traded out and we like, didn't, I feel like we didn't do anything. I feel like we didn't, the Browns drafted as if they had no like holes to fix. They drafted as if they just needed to fill depth pieces. And that's just like not, that's just and not. They, they really needed to do some work on that front seven. And they, granted, they did get some guys, but maybe they just weren't the guys that we were super, super excited. Know. They did get Perry on Winfrey, who a lot of people had as defensive tackle three, I believe. I No, like five. Like after the kind of yeah. the tiers of, Jones and obviously Davis and Wyatt. Like a lot of people had him as I know PFF had him as a pretty high pick, uh, second or third. I, I don't hate the I don't hate the Winfrey pick, but that's I think like, that's it. The Browns draft has an it brings up an interesting question, which I want to ask you guys. Some of these AF team AFC teams aren't going to make the playoffs, right? <laughs> which the Browns to me are at high risk. They're kind of flashing some warning signs at me. Yeah. When I look at what the Chargers did last year, when they had the quarterback, they had the wide receivers, they had the offensive line, they had the second best offense in the league in, in terms of points per drive and yards per drive. Yet, they missed the playoffs because they just couldn't stop the run and, and their defense was weak. Yep. I look at the Browns and I'm like, okay, you're in this loaded division and your front seven has Miles Garrett there. Yes. But outside of that, I'm not in love with it. Could they be this year's Chargers where they have that fatal flaw and their defense can kind of sell them? I'm a little concerned about that, especially in a division where the Bengals didn't lose anybody and the Ravens are going to be healthier with an absolutely stacked draft class. Uh, the Steelers made the playoffs last year. And I mean, it's not impossible to envision a world where, where Kenny Pickett is better than the version of Ben Roethlisberger we saw last year. Right. So, I mean... Yeah, Matt, Bladen, I don't know if you agree with me on the Browns or what are your teams that you think could really like disappoint maybe in the AFC? Because someone's got to do it. I mean, I think their problems are more apparent than some of the other AFC teams. Because you look at it, like some of these teams like, oh my God, they're totally loaded. How are they going to ever be beat? Or like they have a very complete roster. And it's like the Browns, I get it. Adding Watson, how can they not get better? But, you know, they lost J.C. Treader on the offensive line. Their receivers are really okay. Um, and I do think that their defense is, is kind of lacking. Plus, it's like, could they be this year's Chargers? Yeah, especially if Deshaun Watson doesn't play 17 games. And there's a very good chance that he's out for half the year. And yeah. if he is in that division, they're cooked. I just see like, and the Bengals on top of that, we are probably saying about them, they have the quarterback and the offensive line and the receivers are also fantastic. And their defense proved themselves last year. The Ravens have added all these pieces. I don't think they've had, you know, 
adding Watson was great, but they had to give up a lot to get him. And now you're definitely seeing, you know, who is on that front seven. They're going to be starting day two guy, like a third round pick. Like they needs to be good immediately. Right. They have money still. There's and there's still some like they can maybe bring back Clowney after the draft and all yeah. that. Like the, the, there are some moves they can still make, but they're just kind of flashing warning signs at me. As but, of, as of right now, it's scary. Buffalo will almost certainly make the playoffs. Baltimore, I'm just like going through the AFC teams. Baltimore, I think will probably win the AFC North. Tennessee probably wins the South. Maybe Indianapolis gives them a run. For I might, them. I might pick Indianapolis. I, I could see, I could see Indy giving them a run, for, like Indy and Tennessee in that. Um, I would see like the Chiefs. The Chargers, maybe the Broncos. We'll see like how the Russell Wilson transition works out. Maybe it takes some time. Maybe it doesn't. Even the Raiders look pretty good in the West. Like, okay, if we're looking at like back half AFC teams or like back end of the playoff AFC, Raiders, Browns, Colts, maybe the maybe the Dolphins. Yeah. With Tyreek. Yeah, and then and then we're talking about how good of a draft the Jets had. They have to be like in that conversation now, right? Because that's the expectation. The Jets got a brutal draw because in the NFC, everybody would have them as as wild card, right? Like, mm -hmm. Favorite, like like the popular, most popular sleeper team to make the wild card after the draft they just had. So yeah, in the AFC, it's a little bit tough to see, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Are there any teams other than the Browns that maybe you're looking at and are a little bit lower on? Because there's more than just one yeah, team. Yeah, I mean, there's a team right now in the AFC. Maybe that is the Titans. I still have a, some questions about the Chargers in terms of their like front seven. They 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 got rid of their two best linebackers, which I think could come back to bite them. Um, I still have some questions about the Raiders. Any other teams you guys, except other than the Browns, that you're a little bit lower on in the AFC or you could see some problems with in the AFC or in the NFC? I guess just like teams that you think didn't do enough to really vault them into into playoff conversation in the offseason now that the offseason is essentially wrapped up or at least all the impact moves have already been made i think the giants did a good job at day one but i definitely feel like there's a world where we're feeling a little bit better about them and competing in that division washington is probably the team where it's like that's a team that is expecting or before this offseason would have been like we need to get good enough to make the playoffs and i don't think they really did maybe is like a seven seed wild card type deal, um, but not super, super seriously. I still think the Saints are going to make the playoffs, but I wasn't super, Olave will be good, but I wasn't super happy with their draft. I don't think their offseason was that crazy good. Yeah, if, to, to, trade, to trade up like they did and to come away with Penning and Olave is like slightly meh. You know, right. they like, spent a lot of assets and they did. I didn't feel like they really hit a home run to do it. Or it's like maybe Penning turns out and, you know, Olave, I think, will be a very good player. So I don't want to hate on that pick too much. But for what they spent, I don't know if they got back value. Yeah, the Saints were definitely, I think, a questionable team in, in what they did. Um, I'm not going to predict them to go 0 17. <laughs> um, not this year. I've made that mistake. Before I'm not going to do it again. Uh, a team I would also be a little bit weary of is um, the Raiders. I, I just talked about how they might be a playoff team, but I just went and looked through the, and they kind of did this laugh where I don't think they drafted particularly well. But like, it's easy to fall into the trap of same with the Browns. Like, oh, we got this one guy. We got um, we got Devonte right, and he's paired with his his best friend Derek Carr. So now they're going to be good, right? But like. Is that the case, right? You look at the rest, of the, re the, le the, the rest of their roster. Is it super complete? I mean, they they've already declined fifth year options 
on Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abrams, and Josh Jacobs. Which is fair and doesn't really affect them. Right, but, did the, but like it, it very sh- clearly shows how they feel about those players. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's a running back and then two two busts there. I, I do agree, <laughs> like the defense is still a little bit questionable to be, to me. Um, like the corner room, you're, you're projecting big jumps from guys like Nate Hobbs and Rocky Yassine. Uh, I, I right. do believe in that offense. I think it will be one of the better offenses in the league. But oh, yeah. yeah, the defense, it was decent last year, but I, I agree. I, I don't know if I quite trust the Las Vegas Raiders to make the playoffs with that defense. And, and a quarterback in Derek Carr that I think is just okay. I'm not the world's biggest. I'm not one of these Derek Carr top 10 truthers, so. Did you guys see that Bailey Zappi just went above Sam Howell? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's great take. Great take. Bailey's, I don't know. I didn't watch Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. I'll, I'll talk about ba- Bailey Zappi, I think, is Matt Corral, but like a little bit more, like Matt Corral mixed with Kenny Pickett. Okay. So so he has, like I think, the accuracy and the tight window throws, but that dude cannot <laughs> handle any pressure to save his life. Who is who there? Like um, what Matt, part of that is... Corral and which accuracy is Corral. Mm. Corral is very Corral hits tight window throws. Don't 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 knock don't knock Matt Corral's tight window ability. But sometimes (laughs) listen, I've seen him do it once or twice. I've also seen him miss it a couple. Zappy hits outbreaking routes better than I think most quarterbacks in this class. Zappy hits pretty much anything that if he's not under pressure, he can hit pretty much anything. But if you know, there's, there's a play where the, it's a bad snap and he picks it up and, you know, he has a little bit of pressure, but I think he has time to make this throw and he just kind of lollipops it in there. Arm strength is the it, concern with him, right? Yes. Yeah. So what, what team took him? Patriots. Okay. Well. Oh. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's a backup, you know. Nah, he's he's taking the he's taking the <laughs> <Okay>. job. <laughs> All right. Okay, you, yeah, but yeah, like I said about Howell again, n- no pocket presence, doesn't throw with anticipation, and I don't think his arm strength. I think his arm strength is like fine. It clears a threshold, but it, yeah. he's not like this crazy toolsy dude. Even though he does have rushing ability and his arm is decent, he's not like this cra- like oh my god, he's not like Malik Willis out here, but. At any rate, yeah, I, I agree. Raiders, yeah. Saints, I still, I still am decently high on the Saints. And then, yeah, the, the Browns, they're the, they're the Chargers, sadly. That's my take. I, I think that they'll be third in that division. The Browns and Ravens have been giving me hell the past couple of days. But we have been in Vegas. We've enjoyed ourselves. Do we want to talk about some highs and, what, highs and lows of Vegas? Matt, what has been your, your number one favorite moment? Number one favorite moment? I've been, I've like recording in the studio. It's I think it's, it's been a six feels very video. official, and I like people walking by and it, it's, looking. It's, and it's, cool. it's people it's, recording, taking pictures of us, like through our little. You guys can't see this, and you definitely can't see this if you're. Oh, you can see this you if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> We've got this like big glass thing, and people are walking by, and they'll like take pictures of us. I don't think it's because they know who we are. I think they just see <laughs> the big thing, and they're like, "I got to remember to look these guys up to see if I'm looking at anybody famous." And then they're gonna look it up and be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there was a, when I first got here, there was a group of people I walked by, and then I hear them after I pass them go tall, tall, and it's like. <laughs> that, that has been funny. my favorite part of Vegas is beating the short allegations and <laughs> like everybody who meets us is like, you guys are taller in person than 
I thought you were. And I, I enjoy hearing that. It boosts my ego. The only thing is I'm going to post my Instagram posts here in a couple of hours. And um, I'm going to look tiny yeah. next to Matt and Theo in all of these pictures. My fault. <laughs> it is your fault. I hate you for it. <laughs> um, Theo, I know your biggest low is definitely going to be losing your ID. Losing my ID was a low. Um, but I, I've enjoyed hanging out here at the studio as well. Not just recording, but you know, we've always got you know, some athletes walking in and out of here, talking to guys like Will Blackman and Chris Long and, and guys like that. It's, it's been super interesting and just kind of hanging out around, around some big names like that. I've, I, feel, I feel like somebody somewhat important. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to like, sh- should I say like the conversation that I had with Will Blackman about like the fact that, that I don't call stay hot. I don't like, if I'm talking to a girl, I don't tell her that I have a podcast. That's lame. Right. Okay. You, you tell, you tell a girl that you have a podcast and all of a sudden she like, she immediately tunes out. Right. 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 Because it's like, it's, it's a, it's a negative connotation. I I get it. Like I understand like (laughs) the the Joe, you and and your friends are trying to fight the Joe Rogan allegations. Like it's hard. I don't think they think you're Joe. I think they think like, Oh, you and your friends, you and your people listen to it. People listen to that too. Right. Those are the two things that you're trying to battle. You're either like a Joe Rogan copycat or you have zero listens or both. Right. So what I do is I tell people, Oh, I have, I, I have a show. Right, I have a show. We talk about sports. We're like, I have a sports show. Yeah, I have a sports show. I think that sounds a little. It's a little bit easier to digest, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's. I, you're high. Your high of this has been running the forty. You, oh, you oh, won't oh. shut up about it. <laughs> I. So we we're, we're at we're at Fan Fest, and you can run the forty at Fan Fest. And the last time I ran a forty was like a year last ago. Year, yeah. It was last year around draft time, around like Combine Pro Day, and I ran a four nine flat. So I was like, I was kind of nervous to, I was like, if I run something in the five, because I haven't, I haven't lifted in a year. And you're running in socks. I was running in socks. I'm like, if I run in the fives, like it's wraps. I'm like putting a hat on, I'm covering my face for the rest of the trip. And then I run a four, four, nine. And I'm like, I'm feeling good. Do you think you actually ran a 4.49? No, I've checked. (laughs) No, I'm I'm, I'm serious. you can say you did. I I can say I did. But I put it in this like video editor app I have. I took it frame by frame. I think they're about 0.2 seconds off, so I think I ran like a four six eight four six nine something like. So it's like a four point seven. Yeah, yeah. But that's still but that's still that's still that's that's like you, you got that's that like, you got that pro day hand timing. But yeah, yeah you were in socks. <laughs> I was in socks. Was, yeah, I was in socks. No pri- no training. In like, the Laquan Treadwell jersey, <laughs> so it's like you weren't in your 100 percent necessarily exactly, best running exactly, outfit. Exactly. The other thing I would say would make a close second for me is that a Vikings fan bought me a drink because I was wearing a Laquan Treadwell jersey. Yes. You got a, you got a free shot from a Vikings fan because you were posing as a <laughs> I, I felt so bad. I felt so bad because I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> yeah. I felt so, but I didn't have the heart. He was so to excited like, to see another, hey, yeah, get that guy a shot. Yeah. And you're like, oh man. Free shots are free shots though. Yeah, I don't know. Matt, did you have any, do you have any lows? Any lows? I got a little sunburnt and that was tough, but I've been, I've been managing it really well, I you think. Have. This has been putting got, aloe. I've gotten a lot of aloe. That's definitely the move. You got to put it in the fridge. That's the key. Okay. Um, so it didn't it didn't ruin my trip or anything, but it's been a little something to deal with. Yeah. Outside of that, no. I have I one more draft rant. Go for okay. it. The Packers, Christian Watson. Okay. This I look. Here's the thing about the Packers. I never liked their. I never am in love with their drafts. And it like last year, I didn't love Stokes. I like Tyson Campbell even a little bit more from that Georgia defense. And then Stokes had a, had a fantastic rookie year. Um, so 
And AJ Dillon, I was like, oh my God, why? And that, now I like AJ Dillon. So with that being said, I, I have faith that the Packers will prove me wrong, but I got to stay true to how I scouted Christian Watson. I didn't love the way he tracked the football. I didn't love the way, like even for a guy his size, I thought he was a little bit weak at the catch point. And when he's breaking in and out of his routes, takes like almost six, seven steps sometimes and, and can be a little choppy doing that. To me, I wrote down Marquez Valdez-Scantling, big body, fast, good at blocking, a good run blocker. Yeah, I wrote down Marquez Valdez-Scantling. The Packers, of course, had Marcus Valdez-Scantling in and didn't re-sign him. The Packers then traded two seconds to move up with the Minnesota Vikings, a division rival who then used those picks to take Andrew Booth. So if Booth is better than, than Christian Watson, I think it's kind of a disaster, and it's kind of what I think may happen. Because you could have had Marcus Valdez-Scantling filled a similar role and also had the two second round picks to send to spend on, you know, Alex Pierce or a Drake Jackson or or whoever. So that I think could have been managed a lot better. That that is my that's my thing where I was like, oh man, Packers, I don't know. I don't know about that. You could have gotten a Sky Moore, stayed where you're at. You could have gotten an Alex Pierce, stayed where you're at, and then had another second round pick and yeah. not given the Vikings any ammo. And you could have re-signed it, like you could have Valdez Scantling there as well. So maybe Christian Watson is an unstoppable threat. Maybe he is like a DK Metcalf because he is that caliber athlete. Maybe he is that. Maybe they, I get proven wrong, but I didn't love it. That's all yeah, I was saying. Fair enough. That's my rant about my Green Bay Packers. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up our trip in Vegas. Yes, sir. We're going to, Matt has a flight to catch it in like. My less, flight doesn't leave for a couple like, of hours, though, so I'm probably going to loiter around. No, like, you need to figure out how you're going to fly without an ID. That's Matt. what you need to do. I've got things with my name on it, okay? So I'll be able to get on the plane. Um, but yeah, Matt has a flight to catch in like two hours. So we're going to wrap things up. Appreciate you all coming out, checking the podcast. If you're in Vegas and you came up to us, I appreciate you saying hi. It means a lot. We really do, we really do enjoy meeting people. Um, but we're going to have more content coming away, uh, you know, in the following week, you know, following the draft, we're, we're, you know, excited to see what teams, you know, do after this. It's going to be NBA, a little, NBA playoffs, yeah, little, little bit of a dead period up. for the NFL, but the NBA playoffs are going to really ramp up. So we're going to make sure to hit on that as well. And until next time from corn boy, bird boy, and lemon boy, we'll catch you on the flippity flop.